the left. Welcome to this week's podcast, The Poem, The Parsha. The podcast. Exactly. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. What a thrill. Uh, absolutely. We've got blue lights. We've yes. got signs. We've got it all. We've got latkes. We've got fish cakes. We've got... Menorahs. Menorahs. We've got donuts. We've, we've got, got dreidels. We have dreidels. We have we pop-ups. Have all of the things you could possibly need to make the holiday festive festive and thoughtful and now the podcast of course here we are but we're going to focus on the parsha yes next year maybe we'll do holiday podcasts the, the world is still we will get there we will and we're going to hold people in taking absolutely lots of anticipation but this week's parsha is another stage in the Joseph heartbreak Mm -hmm. and it's really so heartbreaking and bittersweet and I think there's so many issues of identity yes yes and I think when we think about identity I think we my mind goes to a particularly controversial figure in poetry Walt Whitman Hmm. who was he was a transcendentalist he was very interested in the idea of a self and the self's relationship to not just the physical world but the world beyond um, he was, and I'm going to say the internal world. Yes, yes. There's the there is an internal external conversation that happens throughout a lot of Whitman's work. Um, this poem, "Oh Me, Oh Life," from Leaves of Grass, um, is is really part of a larger, more expansive um, suite of poems. I would say that are really interested in, in the idea of self and the self's relationship. And I love that you called it sweet. It's a suite of poems. It's a suite of poems. Of course, the famous opening of that, of Leaves of Grass, I celebrate myself. Yes. I mean, you know. I I mean, what better way to open Hanukkah than to celebrate oneself? Interesting. I was about to say, oh, but a white male, I celebrate myself. Like, someday (laughs) I hope to have that kind of confidence. Am I allowed to say that? Of course. Okay, fine. We're allowed to say what things are. Okay. So, okay. Oh me, oh life. Oh me, oh life of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains of the faithless, of cities filled with the foolish, of myself forever reproaching myself. For who more foolish than I, and who more faithless? Of eyes that vainly crave the light, of the objects mean, of the struggle ever renewed, of the poor results of all, of the plodding and sordid crowds I see around me, of the empty and useless years of the rest, with the rest me intertwined. The question, oh me, so sad recurring, what good amid these, oh me, oh life? Answer, that you are here, that life exists, and identity, that the power play, powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse. Now, I heard a little tone in your voice about Walt Whitman, and mm-hmm. I will say before we began this conversation, I am a huge fan of Walt Whitman. I am too. But I'm distressed to, for what you shared with me. What? That there's been some talk, some articles around Walt Whitman and some possible racist leanings. Um, and so it's hard. It's Well, I think we're also, we have to look at it through the lens of everything exists in a time and place. And I think the American conversation about race at the time that, well, I mean, like, it's always complicated. Hashtag is complicated forever and ever. Amen. Um, 
and so when I think when we look through the lens of what Whitman was doing and when, he was sort of a radical figure. Um, and, and I think that there was a certain... Uh, what's the word? A certain institution, academic institution at the time that really valued the male voice, the privileged white male voice over all. And I think we are coming to a point now and a conversation now about whose voices do we need to center? Whose voices do we need to lift up? And, and whose voices deserve to have a seat at the table? Yes, yes. Right. Well, that said, I feel that we need to also bring in here, not also, but bring in here the Parsha. Yes. It is Parsha at Kate's, and the drama is huge. Mm-hmm. And the reason we are thinking so much about identity is because Yosef, our hero, our unabashedly the hero of the last four Parshiot of the book of Genesis of Bereshit is Joseph. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's an interesting question about why is he called Yosef HaTzadik, Joseph Ooh. the Righteous One. Who gave him that name? Who gave him that name? And one of the th- answers offered is that, you know, compared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, why is he the tzaddik? Mm-hmm. And the thought is because he goes through a transformation. Interesting. And that's what's really cool about the story of Yosef. You, we meet him first as a teenager who Rashi and the Midrash identify as looking in the mirror and his curls, and he's good looking and his father's yes. favorite, and he's bringing back tales, and he has these dreams that he, without any pause, keeps sharing with his brothers. They throw him in the pit, and it's like his world is shattered. He is no longer the favorite with the coat of many colors. It has been stripped from him, literally. And he has been thrown, sold as a slave, and now in prison. And the Parsha begins with him being remembered. Yes. Last week he was forgotten. Yes. This week he is remembered, and he's remembered to Pharaoh. He interprets Pharaoh's dream, and now suddenly, suddenly, our little Jewish boy, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, raised in the house of Jacob. Yes. A slave, a prisoner, has now been catapulted to being second to Pharaoh throughout all Egypt. And his identity really gets flipped very quickly. He gets a haircut, he gets bathed, he gets washed. He comes before Pharaoh. Pharaoh then, in light of his wisdom and and interpretive abilities, Pharaoh takes off his ring. He gives him the ring. He clothes him in uh, beautiful clothing and gives him gold from his head and from his neck. And he's given the chariot only second to Pharaoh and people are to bow when they see mm-hmm. him. And he is given the wife, the, the daughter of Potiphar, yeah. Safnat Paneach. And it's really remarkable how he is catapulted. And so I think the conversation is about his identity and I'm lowering my voice for the drama because I know. I'm leaning in. It, because I'm leaning in. then the brothers come and his identity has been so transformed that his own brothers do not recognize him. Of course, mm-hmm. the Midrash talks about how he was clean shaven and now he is not clean shaven mm-hmm. and that he has really grown and they don't even recognize him. Mm-hmm. And then the painfulness of he recognizes them, but he doesn't, but they don't recognize him. And then on the second trip back, when they bring back Binyamin, Benjamin, he can't hold himself. He wants to cry. He has to run and cry. And I love how the text, I love Torah. Mm. I love how the text says, Vayochatz Panav, he washed his face and he went out and he held it together. And 
Very few of us don't know the feeling of being overwhelmed, yes. going to another room, washing your face, pulling it together, and getting back out there. Yep. But let's talk about his identity. Let's talk about identity. Um, what in the poem to you, where yes. here, where in this poem do you see Whitman struggling with the issue of identity, and does he resolve it here? Does he resolve it? I think he does not resolve it in all of Leaves of Grass. Well, that's unfortunate because it it's, it's, it's a long poem. It is incredibly <laughs> long. And I say that loving Whitman and loving teaching Whitman and loving learning and reading Whitman, it is very long. Um, so I think there are two particular places in the third stanza of myself forever reproaching myself. And then there's a parenthetical. For who more foolish than I and who more faithless? I think that's a phenomenal line. I, I feel yes. like the definition of a arrived human being is one who can reflect upon themselves and and not necessarily be harsh, mm -hmm. but some reproaching and some honesty. Do you think that's what that line's about? I I think yes. I think there is I mean I think there is a constant like I my friends and I have talked about Whitman as Whitman is always wrestling with the angel. And mm. the angel mm. is internal. The the angel is inside. And I think that's sort of him sort of wrestling with this this part of himself that is maybe impulsive or maybe um, doubtful or or complicated. And to, that is the sort of thing that we are constantly wrestling with and trying to reconcile is the fact that we contain multitudes, right? We are a lot. And when we think about Whitman and we think about this particular Parsha, I think there is a way of thinking about these things and reflecting on them that is that that does not always feel good. Mm. Well, it's, we want to be provocative. We want to be challenged. Of course. That said, yeah. I love that he writes, answer. I know. I mean, that's charming. I love it that. Is. And and I I'm going to give this a special um, label. Uh -huh. I'm going to call it tombstone worthy. Okay. And what I mean by tombstone worthy worthy is who would not want this on their tombstone? That you are here. That life exists in identity. That the powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse. Yes. Is that all we ask of life? That's what I was just going to say. Like, do we ask for more than to contribute a verse? Let's all contribute a verse. And so going back to Joseph, mm -hmm. it's an interesting verse that he's contributing. Yes. And it's really quite interesting. Mm -hmm. When you think about Abraham comes into the land of Israel, there's a famine. He goes down to Egypt. The incident with Sarah. Great. Then it happens again. And then it happens to Isaac. And now there's a famine, and it's the Israelite or the, you know, person from the family of Abraham who is actually solving the famine problem. Yeah. And I, I don't know that I ever really thought about that until just now, mm -hmm. because it's a very interesting change in the plot of Bereshit, of Genesis. Yes. Because now, who is Yosef? Yeah. 
is he the son of Jacob? Mm-hmm. Or he has a new name now. He's Tzafnat Paneach. He's mm-hmm. almost like the son of Pharaoh. Pharaoh has given him, put him second in charge. Mm-hmm. So who is this Yosef? And his own family doesn't recognize him. Yeah. You know, I'm picturing some movie or TV show where someone turns to the person and says, I don't even recognize you anymore. Well, yes. they don't recognize him. They really him. don't recognize him. So who is he? I think he is, I think in a, I feel a little like Yosef is a trope, right? Like he's the, he's the, 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 the downtrodden, the, the, the imprisoned, the forgotten, and then all of a sudden, right? It's like that, all of a sudden he like, it's like his coming out party. Oh, right? There's that kid. He's finally da, da, his da, da, dreams, da, 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 da. right? Exactly, and they bring him up, and it's like, can you? It's like the red carpet is there, and the flash bulbs are popping, and they're like, Yosef, who are you wearing? Um, <laughs> and so, it, did it, you it, see it, House it, of Gucci? No, no, don't. but I don't. I have read a lot about it, and I heard two podcasts about it, and it was the podcasts were really interesting, and they were generous in a way that you were not when you reviewed it. But that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I think everybody's going to have a different interpretation. And it was, um, it was really interesting. But yes, I sort of feel like this is a little House of Gucci moment where it's like this sort of big reveal. Here is the thing. But it's not, he's not, you know, the person that is revealed at these sorts of things, the fancy clothing, the bathing, the, the whatever, that's not really who he is. It's a facade. Ah. It's, it's. I think that's the issue. I think for some people, House of Gucci, etc., clothing is a facade. Yes, and it's a costume almost. It's well, I and I want to introduce an idea here that I'm not sure if we've ever spoken about, and mm. that is the Hebrew word for clothing is beged. Yes, and it also means leave good to to rebel oh. to um, to trick. Yeah, because our clothes trick people. Yes, um, you see me, and I'm wearing this phenomenal dress and <laughs> and you think oh there's 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 Rivi in that phenomenal dress but you really don't see the real me thank the lord um <laughs> body positivity Absolutely. okay all right but but I, clothes are a treachery yes clothes are a fake out yes. i put on uh the clothing of the second to the king and suddenly i'm not a prisoner or a slave anymore i'm not yosef anymore i'm not yosef anymore and you're not going to be recognized by your brothers no your own brothers won't recognize you no and that's that's really frightening and i don't know if you have you ever had that experience of like walking somewhere mm-hmm. and seeing someone who doesn't belong there mm-hmm. and then you say is that who they are oh look oh you're here yes and it's yes. a funny process that your brain goes through because it's your brain is saying you don't belong here but it looks like you and it is you what are you doing here yes yes it's like it's your brain trying to work through the sort of trickery yeah the cognitive dissonance that's hard that's really hard and so i i think that that whitman is sort of speaking to that aspect of this particular parsha of that out you know all of the stuff that is outside is outside the in the core of who we are, the core of our identity, the, the the life that exists is of eyes that vainly crave the light. Well, I'm glad that we you said the word. We have this complicated relationship to self. I love that you just said vainly crave the light yes. because Joseph is referred to as being vain. Yes, he is. And um, I am wondering about line seven. 
The question of me, so sad recurring, what good among what good amid these, O oh me, O oh life? Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Yosef said that. I do too. I think that he was so given over as a teenager to his dreams, mm-hmm. and he had the coat of many colors. He was his father's favorite. Mm-hmm. He absolutely had illusions illusions of grandeur. Yeah. And he had to tolerate those years as a slave and as a prisoner, and now suddenly they are being realized. Well, all of the artifice is gone now, right? The coat is gone. The father's favor is gone. The brothers are gone. All of the outside stuff yes. is gone. Yet now he's greater than and he yes. ever was. Yes, so like that. And so he says to himself, Oh me, oh life. Like, yes. This is what I was born for. I'm second to Pharaoh. Yes. Yes. It's really, I I feel like, I feel like Whitman is really speaking to what happens when we take all the artifice away. All of the externals are gone. And I, I wonder if that is, if that, that to me speaks more to the, 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 the real center of the Yosef story. Is that when all of the artifice is gone, that's when his greatness comes out. Yet. And. And. He's crying. I know. He's crying when he sees his brothers. Mm -hmm. And you have to think to yourself, oh my gosh, it's almost a superhuman ability to steal himself Mm -hmm. to the degree that he goes out and again he talks to his brothers and says, you know, He's making himself a stranger to them. Mm-hmm. That's harsh. That's, yeah. And, and what? And is it because he's still struggling with who he is? Probably. I mean, give, tell me one person who isn't struggling with who they are. Show me one person on this earth. I could show you a few. I may be related to them, <laughs> but not through birth. <laughs> I, well, and it's it's hard to say, right? Because we're not in their heads. That's true. We're not, we can't know what is inside. But I, I think that when Yosef cries, I wonder if he isn't reflecting on that part of himself that he had to give up. Like, may, it may have been external. It may have been not, not a core ident- part of his identity, but it was something that he cared about and something that he had to give up in order to become whatever it is he is now. And that's that's hard. I, and I think that really talks a lot about what did he go through in those years in the prison. Yeah. And, you know, if you and I had the time, we would just write ourselves a beautiful play Absolutely. about Joseph in prison. Absolutely. But that's the untold story. You know, if only we could fill in those years. I mm-hmm. mean, they were long years. And what is he thinking? Mm-hmm. I did read, did you, Les Miserables? Did you read? Yes. I read that. Yeah. And I read The Count of Monte Cristo. Yes. It was a long time ago. It, yes, both of those were a very long time ago. But they also. speak to this. Yeah. To, what does a person think and do years and years in prison? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could not... I can't even imagine myself in that position to be able to speak to what that would be like. To have to be made to give up everything you have, 
And I wonder if Whitman, if like sort of Whitman's sort of privilege is that he gave all that thing, he gave up the material stuff willingly. In his solitude? Yes, in his quest for transcend... Gentlemanism. Yeah, to to transcend. (laughs) Yes. Um, And I I wonder if there is a bit of privilege there that to willingly just cast aside New York City and go to the wilderness. New York City wasn't exactly New York City then. But it was still an urban... For then it was. Yes. Yes. It was was urban and it was... You know, he was still living in a place where material life was somewhat easier especially for a a privileged white guy so i'm scrolling here yes and i think we will conclude in a few minutes yes but i want to think about the names that joseph gives his sons Mm -hmm. because i think they're very telling the first son's name is menashe yes god has made me forget completely my hardship and my parental home oh my so so he is doing exactly what you're saying. He yes. has the inner work, and he's stealing himself, S-T-E-E-L. He's stealing himself against the hurt of his suffering, and he's made me forget my parental home. And that's Menashe. And the second name is Ephraim. Uh, God has made me fertile in the land of my affliction. Mm. So I think mm. those names are actually reflecting some of his inner struggle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a way that absolutely reveals him. Yes. Self to yes. Us. Absolutely. Yes. That is, I feel like that is a really good way to sort of like circle the circle the argument and to answer the question you know oh me where is that oh me oh my life the question oh me me. so sad recurring what good among these yes amid these oh me oh life oh me oh life and so friends i think we should all sit at the shabbat table and ask ourselves oh me oh life oh me oh life oh me oh life amid these um you know amazing all right i mean it's hanukkah it is have a happy (laughs) hanukkah Have a ha- have a happy Hanukkah. Beautiful. All right. Thank Shab- you all. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.